Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is the 15th of April, Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Welcome to the show, Socioeconomics. Thank you for joining me. Well, good morning, everybody. Here we are, finally. You know, it's the weekend. Saturday. It's going to be a really nice day out there again today. Weather-wise, clear blue skies, warm temperatures. So get out there and enjoy the day. Well, I think it's really important to, um, to discuss um, social issues, you know, in our, in our um, society and the factors that, that play a role um, when it comes to um, minorities, racial minorities. So, <clears throat> first of all, um, the socioeconomic status um, it, uh, encompasses not not just income, but also um, our educational um, attainment to our financial security. So education, employment, housing, even health care. And the affordability uh, just, you know, for, for even just our necessities and how it affects our society. So the socioeconomic status can encompass quality of life, opportunities as well as opportunities, privileges, um, afforded to people within society. Poverty, poverty specifically is not a single factor, but rather is characterized by multiple physical and uh, physiosocial stressors. 
consistent and reliable predictors of the vast array of outcomes across the lifespan, including physical, uh, physiological health, and it's relevant to all the realms of behavioral and social science, including research, practice, education, and, and um, advocacy. And the effects on, on, our, on our society with the overall human functioning including our physical and mental health. And ultimately affects our, our society with the um, inequalities of health distribution, resource distribution, and our quality of lives are, are increasing um, um, globally. Society benefits from an increased focus on the foundations of the social economic, economical in inequalities. So the impacts of the lives of many ethnic and racial minorities with discrimination and the marginalization and the discrimination and marginalizations can serve as a hindrance to an upward mobility of the ethnic and racial minority seeking to escape poverty. Now, it's not just, um, so, you know, with uh, indigenous, African-American, Latino children, you know, cause we can look, so, so we can look at, so we look at the, um, the, uh, and we can include the LGBTQ uh, plus two spirited. Uh, when, it, when it comes to discrimination and the marginalizations, racist, We can look at the here here in Canada in, in the mid 1800s, and um, it, it was it was just mind boggling to me um, when I, I started uh, reading about the residential schools um, here here in Canada, and uh, they were also called they were called um, Indian schools uh, in the United States at that time. So children were forcefully removed from their homes, placed in residential schools, stripped of their heritage, their, their culture, their language. Physical, mental, sexual abuse and and to you know because you know myself growing up you know there was no no such thing as technology that we have today 
nor were we taught anything of, of history of the residential school systems uh, here in Canada. The very first time, and, and I'm honest about this, the very first time that I heard the word residential schools, it was about the mid nineties when our prime minister, I believe it was Stephen Harper, who apologized for the, for the mistreatment of the indigenous people of Canada, referring to the residential schools. And so today with the technology we have, the, the call it the World Wide Web or call it the internet, you can research this information now. So I, you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, if I were going to be talking about residential schools and I was like that, well, then I'm going to have to go and I'm going to have to research and, and what they were. So from the mid 1800s, the last residential school closed in 1995 here in Canada. And I'm saying, and I'm thinking to myself and, and reading about the residential schools. And I said, how in the hell could this happen? How could it even last that long? <laughs> so, you know, in the United States, 39% of African-American children and adolescents and 30% of Latino children, adolescents are living in poverty. which is more than double the 14% poverty rate of non-Latino, white, and Asian children. And the minority racial groups are more likely to experience multidimensional poverty than their white counterpart, uh, uh, counterparts. Well, I mean, okay, well, then look, but look back at the history uh, of the United States with... Um, with 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 blacks and the and and discrimination forced in, forced into 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 labor you know in the cotton fields you know and, and it's just this is just, it's mind boggling. It's disturbing that, you know, if, if you look back in that era that, you know, a white person could own another human being and force them into labor. It's mind boggling. It, it's really disturbing. And the same goes with with uh, uh, the indigenous people of Canada and, and the uh, American Indian of how they were treated 
throughout these residential schools and Indian schools. So, you know, with the uh, American Indian, Alaskan Native, Hispanic, Pacific Islander, and Native Hawaiian families are more likely than Caucasian and Asian families to live in poverty. Then although the income of Asian American families often falls markedly above other minorities, these families are often four to five, four to five uh, family members are working. So American, so African-Americans at 53%, Latinos at 43% are more likely to receive um, a high cost mortgage than Caucasians. African-American employment rates are typically double that of, of Caucasian Americans and, and let's not leave out um, indigenous people as well. Other, other um, ethnic groups and even people of the LGBTQ. When it comes to education, so social economics is um, education, income, housing, just name three. When it comes to the education, despite the dramatic changes, large gaps remain when minority education attainment and outcomes are compared to white people. African-Americans and Latinos are more likely to attend high poverty schools. They're living in a high poverty neighborhoods, underfunded public schools than those of, of people, you know, generally classified in higher class, you know, um, obviously, you know, it, it's unfortunate um, whites in, in, in wealthier neighborhoods are going to have fully funded schools. Now, this is going back even, you know, far as, as 2013, you know, so, so in the 2000s, you know, the dropout rates between racial groups narrowed uh, significantly. However, high school dropout rates among Latinos remain the highest, followed by African-Americans and then whites. So, what the social economic realities that may deprive students of valuable resources, um, high achieving, high achieving African American students may be exposed to less rigorous curriculums, attend schools with fewer resources, and have teachers who expect less of them, less of them academically. 
than they expect of the similar situ, uh, uh, situated uh, Caucasian students. And we then we think, well, why? Why would they have? Why would they have less rigorous um, curriculums? Why would they? Why would they have schools with, with fewer resources? You know, it's. Kind of, kind of difficult to understand that because um, I guess to just figure that you know whether you were you were um, you were black, uh, you know you're um, an indigenous person that they just figure you know you're not going to learn anyway. It's ridiculous to, to even for someone even to to think that way. You know, um, so in addition to the social the socioeconomic realities that may deprive students of valuable resources. Right, so 12.4% of African-American college graduates between the ages of 22 and 27 were unemployed, which is more than double the rate of the unemployment among college graduates in the same range, 5.6%. So how, so with the, with the socioeconomical you know, in, in our in, in our physical health, um, institution, institutional discrimination creates barriers to healthcare access. We see this in Canada as well. Even with uh, stigmatized groups can access access care, cultural racism reduces the quality of care they receive. You know, it's, it's, uh, and we hear about this, we hear here in Canada, we, we, we hear it, you know, um, quite a bit, you know, for health, healthcare access. I mean, here in Canada, you know, okay, people, you know, people, uh, you know, in the United States and, and other parts of the world thinking, oh, well, Canada has free health care. Well, it's, it's, it's not, it, how do I explain this? We pay, like we pay taxes, right? We pay taxes in the United States. You pay taxes in Europe and stuff like that. Our tax dollars goes to our healthcare system. But when they're talking about how the creates those barriers of healthcare access, it, it, it comes it comes down to it comes down to 
discrimination. Whether you're black, whether you're indigenous, it comes down to discrimination and, and we've seen it across the board here in Canada. You know, people who have addictions, you know, of, of other, of other, of other races than whites, they are tended to be treated more poorly in the healthcare system than whites. As though it's their fault that they have an addiction. And even when it comes to education, and despite the changes, large gaps remain when minority education attainment and outcomes are compared to whites. So again, you know, African-Americans and Latinos are more likely to attend high poverty schools. So underfunded. They don't have the resources. And the mentality uh, of, of teaching in those under underfunded schools, stuff like that is as, as though is that they already, you know, the teachers would feel, well, you're already behind the eight ball anyhow. So what does it matter? Well, it matters a lot. You know, it, here in the 2000s, you know, the dropout rates between racial groups narrowed significantly, right? So, but the school dropout rates among Latinos remain the highest, followed by African-Americans and then, and then uh, Caucasian. And like I said there, you know, the, the, so um, <clears throat> with the social economic, uh, social economical realities that may deprive students of valuable resources. But in our physical health with the institution discriminations in our hospitals. It's creating barriers to healthcare access. Stigmatized groups, you know, so even when stigmatized groups can access care, cultural racism reduces the quality of care they receive. Like I said, we see it across the board here in Canada. Racial and ethnic minorities have worse overall health than that of whites. Health disparities may stem from economic uh, determinants. Well, in the United States, you know, you, 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 um, have to have health insurance. 
Now, I'm wondering, too, I mean, there has to be, you know, a hospital. That is going to, that is going to take you anyways. And you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to pay for it out of pocket. You know, you have, uh, I heard that in the United States, you have copay to, to visit your family doctor. Now, the other thing when it comes to, you know, racial and the ethnic minorities, you know, that they have um, worse overall health, with the health disparities, may stem from the economical uh, uh, temperaments with education, the uh, geography, and the neighborhood lower quality care, inadequate access to care, inability to navigate the system. Provider um, ignorance or bias. And the socioeconomic status and the race and, and the ethnics have been associated with avoidable procedures, avoidable hospitalizations, and untreated disease. And at each level of income or education, African Americans have worse outcomes than whites. And this could be due, this could be due to the adverse health effects of more concentrated disadvantages of the range of experience related to racial and bias. And here we are in the 21st century. And to me, not much has changed, if anything have, has changed. You know, when it, when it comes to the socioeconomic, when, you know, when we're talking, you know, about race and ethnics. So, you know, the, so the, the, so the substantial race differences in, in, in assurance, in, in insurance coverage in the, uh, in the pre-retirement years, Hispanics and American Indians are much, are much less likely than whites, African-Americans and Asians to have any health insurance. That's just ridiculous, you know? So when we go back, okay, so when we go back to, to the education, you know, underfunded schools, not given the resources, well, because they're probably not gonna learn it anyways. 
I mean, that's that's just seems to be the attitude. So when people when people are living in, in, in poverty, you know, when it comes to nutrition, they're not getting the nutrition that they need. You know, for instance, you know, a box of cereal, you know, for, for kids. I mean, you might as well just pour some sugar in the bowl, pour milk on that sugar and give it to your kids because there's no nutritional value in it whatsoever. Matter of fact, it's just detrimental to their health. Not being able to have um, a, nutri- a nutritional uh, a breakfast or a lunch or even a dinner. Effects can affect your learning abilities. I mean, I can't, I can't think on an empty stomach because all I'm, all I'm doing is thinking about food. You're unable to concentrate on the task at hand because you have no energy. There has been no energy stored for later in the day. The inability to, to concentrate and think. So, you know, the, uh, the psychological health and the social and the socioeconomic, economic, um, being deprived and, and racial discrimination have been implicated in the higher psychological distress. So wealthy particularly explains racial and the ethnic difference in, in depression navigate the net worth, zero net worth, and not owning a home in young, in young adulthood are significantly associated with depressive symptoms. Now, <clears throat> that also goes for to, you know, people um, not just, you know, we're talking, uh, talking about, um, Hispanics or, or, uh, the African Americans, people of the LGBTQ and, you know, and of course, you know, even with, uh, uh, whites, um, you know, when it comes to, um, I guess your IQ, You know, it is also measured um, in outcomes of employment and housing and the ability to sustain yourself, you know, with, with uh, proper nutrition. 
but poverty, you know, it runs, it runs deeper with other racial groups. Yes, there are whites living in poverty, but more so in other racial groups and in um, ethnics. So, so they did some research on, on the post-traumatic stress disorder, also known as, as P, PTSD, indicates that African-American, Hispanics, Asians, American Indians, and Native Hawaiians have a higher rate of PTSD than whites, which are not accounted by by the um, the FCS and their history of, of the of the psychi psychiatric disorders, American Indians are at the heightened risk of post traumatic stress disorder and alcohol dependence. Same here in Canada with the indigenous people. So what do we do? When it comes to ethnic and racial minorities and the socioeconomic status, Well, here in Canada, when it comes to the educational system, um, if you want post-secondary education and you're a minority or, you know, so indigenous people, you know, don't have to, to pay for education. They want to go to college they want to go to the university. But then all the barriers that they face and not at fault of their own. So, you know, I know you probably heard um, back, it was, it was last summer, you know, uh, Pope Francis came to Canada, you know, because the indigenous uh, community, um, you know, went, went to, to, to Rome to, to visit the Pope and, and, and talk about um, residential schools. And they wanted an apology from the Catholic Church. They wanted an apology from the Pope. So the Pope came to Canada last July and toured Canada and he, and, he, and he toured the indigenous communities 
in hopes that, you know, he would apologize on behalf of, of the Catholic Church, of, of, the, of their involvement in the residential school system, of the mistreatment of the indigenous people of Canada. See, back in the, in the mid-1800s, our first Prime Minister, Sir Frederick A. MacDonald, um, quoted, I don't know if I get his quote exact, but um, he said that um, although an Indian can read and write, the Indian is still a savage. This was the mindset back then. I guess, you know, for what they were trying to achieve, you know, as bringing the indigenous people, I mean, they were called Indians then. up to the standards of whites. It didn't have the outcome or the effects that they were hoping for. And because of the mistreatment, physical, mental, sexual, You know, it's, and then, and then you look at the United States, you know, they don't fare any better. You know, the, the, the treatment, the, 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 the treatment of blacks throughout history. And now other minority groups, you know, people from the, from the, from uh, the Middle East, people from India, or whatever the case may be, with the, with the racial that is going on in, in today's society, and here we're living in the 21st century. And racism still runs rampant. You know, so, you know, even, you know, even with, um, you know, look, look we, we, we've had an uptick in, in, in people, you know, attacking mosques. An uptick in, in, in people, you know, harassing, you know, insulting people of the LGBTQ. You know, poverty you know, for for people in the LGBTQ, 
you know, people of minorities, ethnic, still today runs rampant. So it does have a, a huge impact on our society with with overall with overall 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 human functioning, including our physical and in our in our mental health. So with core with so it does correlate, you know such as lower education achievements, poverty and poor health. It ultimately affects our society. On our health care. It puts a real burden on our health care system. And not only that, I mean, the discriminatory, you know, in our healthcare system. And we see it time and time again. You're treated differently because, because of, of your economic status. If you're high on the hierarchy of, of income, well, the outcomes are, 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 are so much greater for you when it comes to, to your mental health and physical health. Employment and income achievements. And then you have you know, um, your, 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 uh, your middle class. So, so what is that? You know, you have, so, okay. You have the white collar, you have the blue collar, what else do we have? Well, we go down to, to lower class. I mean, to, to, to be up in the higher income brackets, you know, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be a physicist. And you also have the IQ to back that up. So people of, of um, racial minorities and ethnic can even include gender are going to fall into that poverty category.
it has so in society it has um, it does affect you know our health care because you know it, it costs a lot more money for treatment you know when it when it when you know it comes to addictions you know, it's, it's costing the community you know uh, for people who are um, on the streets. you know, within the homeless community. And our overall health. Because we're, 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 we stand in, in that status of, of wealth and education. Today, you know, with the cost of everything, and specifically when it comes to food, shelter, No, every time, you know, I read the news about something, it, it, it comes out, it comes up, you know, evictions. What kind of evictions? Rental evictions. And it's, and it's directed towards people who are on lower incomes, who are on a disability, who might be on government assistance. Because these landlords or property owners, whatever, want more money for rent. This is one way of getting people out of there. And they're willing to pay the fines that go with it because they've broken the rules. Because, because when you're, if you're a landlord and you're doing a rental and the tenant has to move out and you know that tenant's only paying the marginal, marginal rent, not market rate. And you know, you're only doing it because you want market rate. The tenants have first right to move back in when, 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 when the rentals are done at the rate they were paying. And that doesn't happen. And they're willing to pay the fines for an illegal eviction. They're not going to target people who are obviously paying full market rent. They're going to target other minorities and, and their social economic status. 
And we're seeing this across the board here in Canada. And I read these stories, you know, and it's just heartbreaking. It's not just people who, you know, uh, um, people, you know, for, for uh, Caucasians, Caucasians. It's, it, 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 it's, it's everybody, every race. But it just seems to be those people who are on these low incomes or on a disability. They're being targeted by these landlords. Or these big corporations that owns these properties. Because they want, they want more money. So yeah, it does have, you know, with, with, um, so for, for lower income, for lower education, it has a, a huge effect on our society. So how can we, so how can we get involved? Well, consider um, the socioeconomics um, in your education, practice and research efforts, stay up to date on, on uh, the legislation and policies that explore the work to eliminate uh, socioeconomic disparities. Visit your government's uh, relations webpage for more details. Visit the Office on Social Economical Status website, the Aging website, Office of the Ethnic Minority Affairs website. We can get involved in our, in our communities. We can get involved in our education. So I want to thank you for coming out this morning. It's always a pleasure to have you here. Cause I, you know, I say this because it, it, it's a true fact, right? Because, you know, people, you know, you, you with, with social media, you know, and, and you go on all kinds of different platforms and, you know, you listen to all kinds of different uh, podcasts and, and things like that, you know. So without you, the listeners, there would be no podcast. So, you know, I do appreciate you for joining my show. for staying on my show for the whole duration. Taking the time out of your morning 
to join the show and listen in. So again, I want to thank you for doing just that. Until then, I guess, you know, it's, uh, I don't know what time it is right now. Oh, it's 10.52 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here in Southern Ontario, Canada. Now it's time for me to get out there to get some things done. And I'm sure you have things that you need to get done. Until we meet again tomorrow morning. At uh, now, I did I did put it on for nine a.m. But then, of course, you know, you know, I get up and and then things start to transpire, things start to happen, and, and it's like, well, I got to change the time. So I don't know. Is it like good between nine and ten a.m. You know, within that time, or maybe put it in the middle of nine thirty in the morning. I think that probably would be. You know, go go halfway, go in between. So a 9.30 a.m. show tomorrow morning. And that, you know, you know I like to um, talk about um, social, social issues because there's plenty of it. Into, in, into, in, in, in today's society. You know, um, I do at times, you know, being a, being a truck driver myself, you know, you know, talk about the trucking industry a little bit and and stuff like that. But, um, social issues, I think far away than what's going on in the trucking industry. So again, I want to thank you for joining me this morning. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Until we meet again, if you can join me, that's great. If you can't, I understand. So until then, take care and be safe. And thank you. This podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Ben from Ontario, Canada. Enjoy your weekend.